0: Hello, you are listening to Radio Maria and this is Father Toby with your word for today on uh, Monday the 11th of June, the Monday after the great uh, Solemnity of Corpus Christi. And it's on that Solemnity that I want to reflect today and I'm going to begin by reading yesterday's Gospel taken from John chapter 6, the Bread of Life Discourse. Jesus said to the crowd, I am the living bread which has come down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live for ever, and the bread that I shall give is my flesh for the life of the world. Then the Jews started arguing with one another. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they said. Jesus replied, I tell you most solemnly, if you do not eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, You will not have life in you. Anyone who does eat my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life, and I shall raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me, and I live in him. As I, who am sent by the living Father, myself draw life from the Father so whoever eats me will draw life from me this is the bread come down from heaven not like the bread our ancestors ate they are dead but anyone who eats this bread will live forever you may or may not have been aware that the week after pentecost was catholic legacy week i suspect most of you weren't But it was a week where, at least amongst the members of the Dominican province, we took a look back at some of the legacies given us over our 800 years in England that have transformed the shape of the province today. And we did also, as we do each and every day, prayed for all our benefactors. But in this week, we particularly remembered those who have remembered us in their wills in the past and transformed our present and the possibility of our futures. Of course, let's be up front. The point of Catholic Legacy Week was not just giving thanks, it was also to encourage you to think in the present about what you might leave for the Church in the future. If you're starting to get worried, though, that this is leading into a homily on why you should leave to St Dominic's Priory or Radio Maria, England in your will, Well, feel free to imagine that, feel free even to do that, but that's not where I'm going with this. One thing that I discovered whilst reading a little bit more about Catholic Legacy Week and as Catholic charities were busy publicising their free will writing services, was that the writing of a will is a relatively modern phenomenon. What was more common is that someone on their deathbed would give their last will and testament. A will, as we think of it, was often amongst the very last words before death, an expression of the dying will and the act and an act of love to those who would be left behind. No doubt those words and the persons to whom estates and assets were left were a reflection of the loves of the dying person and a reflection of their loves at that particular point. But perhaps, also, it was a chance to show forgiveness where it had not been granted earlier. Or, perhaps more tragically, to potentially make a separation eternal. I also imagine that the recognition is never starker than when on your deathbed that you cannot take it with you. The hope of relationships is all you have going forwards, not possessions. Hopefully, for those around the deathbed, the primacy of relationships is something taken from that moment, rather than a rejoicing or a bitterness over gifts given or not. However, over time the practice of written wills became more common, a recognition that death is not always anticipated, and that these sorts of things are best not left until the last minute. Now, you might not have thought about it in these terms before, but Jesus left us a last will and testament. Now, he did not have to write it down because being God the hour of his death was not a surprise to him. In fact, we hear of occasions earlier in the Gospels where he simply vanishes from crowds when he becomes aware of their murderous intent. But throughout the Gospels, we hear teaching which is intentionally being given with a view to impending death. Jesus is very deliberately leaving a last will and testament, and no more so than in the bread of life discourse, as recorded by St. John, which we just earlier heard a section from. Part of the legacy that Jesus is readying to leave us with his last will and Testament is the Eucharist. Now in the last few weeks at mass, we have celebrated the feast of Pentecost, which is the fulfillment of Jesus's promise, his legacy to us that he will not leave us as orphans. Then last week we celebrated the solemnity of the Trinity, that revelation of God's inner life and the invitation into the perfect relationships of love and knowledge between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then today, or yesterday rather, we celebrated the Feast of Corpus Christi. We celebrate that in Christ's last will and testament, in his words at the Last Supper, he has made provision for our hunger. He has promised to feed our spiritual hunger going forwards with the gift of his very self. Now this will of Christ was not a deathbed conversion. As I sought to say earlier, it was in complete continuity with the rest of his life, which can be characterized as a pouring out of himself for the sake of sinners and this will of christ this legacy is not something received only by the first generation of the church christ's gift of himself is the daily reminder as thousands and thou- thousands upon thousands of masses are celebrated each day all around the world that a man who had no possessions left us an unmatched legacy which will go forwards until the end of the world. The Eucharist, which is not a symbol of love, but a loving reality, is a reminder to each of us that the greatest gift that we have to offer is ourselves and not our money. Money is necessary, but it is only ever a means. The greatest gift is always personal. It's why to take one example using food, and food examples are good when we speak about the Eucharist. It's why cooking for one another matters. Eating out is lovely too, don't get me wrong. But to cook for another is to give something of yourself to another. To take a personal and direct responsibility for the hunger of another and sometimes when we speak of somebody who cooks with great love or in fact performs any other any other activity with real love we say she puts a lot of herself into it and that might be said of the eucharist god's gift of heavenly food to us in which he puts himself into it through love there's another thing about feeding someone it's very personal Sometimes I think we can look at the cross and not see it as an act of love for us personally. It is, but we can look and feel a bit like Christ loves humanity, but question whether he really loves me. Imagine if a child said to their father, Father, do you love me? And he said, I love all my children. And the child said again, but Father, do you love me? And the father says, I love all my children. That's not going to quite satisfy the child. Well, in the Eucharist, the fruits of the cross get personal. If the cross can sometimes appear abstract in the Eucharist, the priest acting in the person of Christ gives us Christ himself. It doesn't get much more personal than that. God, the cause of all that is, humbles himself to be food on our lips. The food that transforms us into what we receive. Food for divine living, food for divine loving. In the Eucharist you commune with God. In the Eucharist you commune with God. In the Eucharist you have a communion with God. That's astonishing. We should dwell on that more. When you were baptized, you received the divine life in you. And this divine life cannot be nourished by ordinary food. This divine life requires divine food. Jesus tells us this. He says, if you do not eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have life in you. Anyone who does eat my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life, and I shall raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me, and I live in him. But not only did you receive divine life when you were baptized, you also became part of the body of Christ the Church. Holy Communion, whilst deeply, deeply personal between me and God is also something that we do as a family, the Church. One bread, one body, as St. Paul tells us. The Holy Communion created between God and me is mocked if a Holy Communion does not come about between you and me. St. John said, How can you claim to love the God you do not see if you do not love the brother and sister you can? The fruits of the Eucharist should be more love for God and more love for one another. That him they shall know we are Christians by our love is spot on. If we do not come to know and to love the people with whom we receive Christ, how will we ever make his love known? in a world which so badly needs to know it. One final thing. I mentioned wills at the beginning and said that we remember the past acts of love that have transformed our presence and the possibility of our futures. I want to close with the beautiful prayer of St. Thomas Aquinas, composed especially for this Feast of Corpus Christi. It speaks of a transformation of past, present and future in a much more profound way than any human legacy. It's the way achieved by Christ's passion and resurrection and which reverberates throughout the world over the course of time, transmitted and made effective in the Eucharist. O sacred banquet in which Christ is received. The memory of his passion is renewed, the soul is filled with grace, and a pledge of future glory is given us. Alleluia. Let's listen to those words now, um, sung in the Latin, as uh, composed by Olivier Messiaen. This was a Radio Maria podcast. If you enjoyed it, do please click like and subscribe on your podcast provider or leave us a review. Every bit of feedback helps increase our visibility and allows us to reach more people with the message of Christ's saving truth. And if you don't already, you can listen to Radio Maria live either online or on DAB in selected regions of the UK. We'd love for you to call in live and be part of the conversation. See our website, radiomariaengland.uk, for more details and a full schedule of programmes. And do please consider making a donation so that we can keep making more programmes like this. We are completely dependent upon the generosity of our listeners.